hey, hey, hello, Popheads, and welcome to issue 58 of 3Vzine Presents, the TomCast Popcast, also known as Popcast. I am your host, my name is Tom. Welcome to the show. Please follow along with us on social media at TomCast underscore Popcast on Twitter, at the TomCast underscore Popcast on Instagram, and you can email the show at TomCastPopcast at gmail.com. Finally, you can join Pophead Nation over at patreon.com forward slash TomCastPopcast, where you can join the nation for as little as a dollar a month, or hit that tier one level and donate five a month and get the exclusive Patreon-only episodes. Coming this month will be the special Patreon-only episode of this show, featuring Star Wars The Force Awakens. It's going to be a good one. I can't wait to record that one. And that's going to be out very, very soon. Thank you to our current Patreons, the Aspen Hill Chody and the Squidmaster General himself, Brian Broussard. This is, this, is, this is the episode for the Squidmaster General right here because we're back. We're talking about Watchmen today. And that's right. We're still a little behind from the holiday weekend, so we haven't had a chance to talk about episode six of The Watchmen just yet. And that's exactly what we're going to do today. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of a different breakdown than what we normally have done in the past for the show. We're not going to go quite beat by beat necessarily because, um, for, for several reasons, but mostly because episode six of The Watchmen uh, is, in my opinion, one of the finest hours of television that's been on this year and, and possibly even beyond this year. Uh, it, it's, it's stellar storytelling, and um, honestly, it deserves to be watched from start to finish with uh, just your jaw on the floor like mine was. It, it, it's stunningly good. Well, well written, well directed, well acted. And uh, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, very, very shortly here. But again, it's going to be a little bit of a different, different story. We're not going to do the, like that beat-by-beat beat breakdown that we've done in the past. Uh, we're just going to kind of talk about the show, talk about the, what happened, uh, what it means for the show, what it means in relation to the, the graphic novel. And uh, we're going to try and, and analyze things a little bit and, and uh, kind of get, get to the meat of the show. I hope you are ready for some fun. Real quickly, before we really dive into things, uh, it should be mentioned that, as I alluded to, we're a little bit behind uh, because of the holiday weekend, all the family stuff, all that, all everything that occurred last week kept me a little busy, and so in order to kind of catch up on the shows, because I'm going to be cranking them out for the next week or so, you know, and every every minute of free time will be dedicated to getting this show back, back to being caught up on, on the shows that we're currently covering, I am going to sadly not be including any audio clips from, from the series. It just takes a little bit too long and it requires a bit too much editing for me to do at the moment, but once we're caught back up again, I'm going to be getting those back into the show. All right, so let's dive in to Watchmen, Episode 6, This Extraordinary Being. It's directed by Stephen Williams, written by Damon Lindelof and Cor Jefferson. And uh, it, this is unique in so far in the Watchmen series in that it focuses on one particular character, uh, and that is our man of mystery himself, Will Reeves. So it, it, it features a stellar performance by Jovan Adepo as Will Reeves and another stand-up performance by Danielle Deadweiler, who plays his wife, June. And let's just get this out here right now. Spoilers, okay? We're, we're getting into this one. You know, I assume if you're here 
for for the for the I assume if you're here listening to this podcast, you've watched the episode, you know what we're going to talk about. And that is uh the 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 big big reveal that Will Reeves, the little boy that we saw in episode 1, who the witness to the 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 Greenwood massacre in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um he grows up to become Hooded Justice, the first vigilante superhero of the Watchmen universe, the character who inspires every character after him. Um, you know, it, I have to be honest, I didn't really see it coming. I, I sort of bought into the misdirection with a lot of uh, aspects of the show. So th- there's a particular moment where you start to realize what's about to happen. And you're like, oh, oh, shit. And at least that's how I reacted to it. Because again, like I said, I, I can't lie. I, I, my eyes were not on this particular mystery of the show. I was focused on other things. And to be honest, too, uh, my analysis completely missed some of the clues that, that were laid for us in, in prior episodes. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit about those in a second. Because it's interesting to go back. Once this reveal is made, a lot of things kind of fall into place. And you're like, oh. At least I was. I was like, oh, man, how'd I miss that? But I did. My eyes were on the, on the other mystery going on in the show. And that's on, that's on me. That is 100% on me. The, the, I think the show writers, the show runners, the show writers, the, 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 the directors did, did a wonderful job of attempting to keep the audience off balance. I, I've read some articles recently where some people were able to, you know, show the reasons why they thought, it was going to go in this direction, and I can't argue with their logic. It was it's, it was very sound, and they picked up on a couple things that I completely missed on. Uh, and one of the biggest things I missed on, and I think one of the reasons why I never realized the the, the parallel that they were trying to tell here was, um, the go back to episode one with young Will Reeves as a little boy sitting in that movie theater while his mother's playing the piano and he's watching that silent movie. Um, I, Bass Reeves is a real character, is a real person. He's a real uh, black lawman in the South in a time when that wasn't a thing. And I knew that. I didn't know that Bass Reeves was also the inspiration for the Lone Ranger. And obviously we know the Lone Ranger, as far as television history goes, is a white dude. So I didn't realize the parallel they were going with, uh, the whitewashing of, of history, of, of the, well, you know, whitewashing these incredible deeds of, 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 of black men and women, um, and, and shaping the, changing the narrative to, uh, be more white friendly, to, you know, appease the white masses. I, I, I completely missed that. And so when we're, when we're watching these, um, American hero stories, bits they would include in the episodes. Again, I completely missed the fact that they were um, attempting to show us a whitewashed version of Hooded Justice. I, it, it was completely... I did not pick up on it. I did not. And there's another, another reason why I did not pick up on it, and I do not offer this as an excuse. Not at all. I, I was, like I said, I whiffed. <laughs> I whiffed on this really badly. And, uh, but that's fair. You know, I, I spend, uh, I spent like the last seven years doing literary analysis at the various community colleges and now at San Diego state in, in, in the, in the area. And, you know, more often than not, I'm really good at literary analysis, but I missed this one. And sometimes that's just how it goes. The, the other reason why I wasn't particularly paying attention to, to this hooded justice 
mystery that they were they were developing was I honestly didn't think they were gonna go this close to the to the graphic novel to the source material. You know, I thought we were kind of dancing around the events and the history of of the Watchmen graphic novel. I didn't think that they had the stones to go and directly affect the events and the and the history de- depicted in the Alan Moore Dave Gibbons graphic novel. So again, that's on me. I I just I didn't think they had the guts to do it. And I'm completely glad they did because what they've done by revealing Hooded Justice as a a black man in the 1940s uh, has given so much more depth to to the mystery of Hooded Justice than than was in, alluded to in in the original source material. You know the 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 Rolf Mueller circus strongman rumors that that persisted throughout the graphic novel when it, when referring to Hooded Justice's um, identity and that look of the Hooded Justice's costume makes so much more sense in relation to all the, the racial, um, racial issues of the time, you know, uh, a, a character who walked around with a noose around his neck implying lynchings and things like that. It, it, again, it's masterful, masterfully done, masterfully acted, masterfully directed. It's, a, it's an incredibly powerful hour of television. And one of the key components we have to realize as we're watching this episode, because this, this show, this episode picks up right after episode five, when Angela Abar in her sister night gear has swallowed the entire bottle of nostalgia pills that contain her grandfather's memories, that contain Will Reeves' memories. So Angela is experiencing these reveals as we are. She is, is living his life through his eyes, and it's a dangerous predicament for her to be in. Um, but we'll talk a little bit more about that as we get into the episode seven review, which will be later this week. Um, again, I can't, I can't, I can't stop complimenting this episode of television enough. It's wonderful. And another thing I wanted to talk about is how, you know, we we talked about the previous episodes of the show, how, how legacy is important in the show, how uh, a, a person's trauma fuels them and we've seen that trauma for all these different characters thus far and now we get to see more of Will's trauma we thought at least I thought initially that you know Will's trauma was being the survivor of the Greenwood Massacre and then he goes on and all we've heard is that he becomes a cop and that's all we really know prior to this episode this episode goes so much more in depth with the level of trauma and how being a survivor of the Greenwood Massacre has affected him, and it affects all the decisions he's made in his life and his decisions that he's made as Hooded Justice. And going back to to Legacy, what we get with Legacy in this episode is Legacy starts here in so many senses of, of, of the Watchmen universe as far as this is where the superheroes gain their inspiration. They are inspired by Hooded Justice, the first masked vigilante. He creates legacy for these superheroes. But the episode also talks about the dangers of legacy, uh, particularly of 
the the anger that Will has in his heart because of what happened to him as a child and how he is carrying on that legacy of hate, despite the fact that he's out trying to combat hate, true hate, racism hate, and the effects that anger and, 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 the, and the negative traumas of, well, trauma is negative, um, how that can be also have a impact on legacy as far as your, your, your descendants, your children, and how that can carry, that, 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 leg, that legacy of anger can carry through in your bloodlines. It's, again, and that, we'll talk a little bit more about that as we get into episode seven, because episode seven deals a lot more with Angela's traumas and her history. So we have to focus on this one. We have to start here. Now, we mentioned that Will goes to New York and becomes a cop, and that's how this episode starts. Young Will Reeves becomes a, a, a New York City police officer. He has to get his badge from another a fellow black officer. And this black officer warns him to, to beware of the Cyclops. Will doesn't know what that means. We don't know what that means. We, we find out fairly quickly that... Uh, to use Rorschach's words and words that Hood of Justice later uses in this episode, we find out that Cyclops is a vast and insidious conspiracy against against uh, black people in America. It is, it is a the Cyclops is a I don't know if you want to call them an offshoot of the of the Ku Klux Klan or if you want to con- just consider them the Klan. They they have plenty of hooded robes going on too, but these are high level high level members of society that are actively seeking a way to eliminate the black race from America. They are working with these uh, mesmerism tactics, and, and we can talk about that a little bit later as well. Will eventually stumbles into these, into the plans of Cyclops, as you know, he witnesses uh, horrible things being committed by white people who just seem to get away with it. He, he witnesses a man firebomb a Jewish deli. He arrests him. White officers take the man away, supposedly that indicating that justice will be done. But we see one officer give another officer the the uh, Cyclops eye on the forehead. You know, secret handshake kind of nonsense, but it, very uh, indicative of the times. And eventually, Will sees that man on the streets later again, very shortly after his arrest. Nothing seems to have happened. Nothing seems to have changed. Will's first indication that that Cyclops is is bigger than what we think. Or what, even what he thinks, that Cyclops is a real thing. Now, let's, let's pause in this episode, too, because Cyclops is something... We've seen the symbol for Cyclops in prior episodes. I didn't know what it meant. You, you, you see it at one point in, when Angela goes to Judd's house at his uh, wake, and she's in his closet. Right before she finds the clan robes, there's a note from Judd's father, and there's the, the, little, the little Cyclops eye is on, is on the lower corner of, of the note that she sees. I thought it was inconsequential at the time. Then back in episode five, the looking glass episode, when, when Wade is in that compound of, of the seventh cavalry, you see the Cyclops eye on the wall. And I misinterpreted that. I thought that was an indicator. I thought that was uh, signifying the one eye of the squid monster because they were messing with that teleportation technology and I thought that was like uh, their way of kind of taking a jab at the hoax that is this giant squid monster. Nope, got that, got that one wrong too. That is the Cyclops, the eye of the Cyclops, this 
vast and insidious conspiracy that um, has existed since the 1940s. Another aspect of the show that's important to note of this particular episode, uh, because we're in Will Reeves' memories, it's shot, the episode's shot in black and white. It plays out in black and white. And I think a lot of people maybe are, there's a lot of levels to that. I don't want to assume what anybody's thinking. Never mind, so scratch that part. There are a lot of levels to what that means. You know, Angela has that line with, uh, with her son, how they see the world as black and white, which oftentimes is seen as right and wrong. I think this is much more literal in, the, in this case, as, as Will is discovering this conspiracy against, against black Americans. Uh, that is very much black versus white in these memories. Uh, the, 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 the heavy racial overtones in this episode cannot be ignored, cannot be denied. And uh, again, it's, it's, it's just the, the, the subtle complexities, the subtle nuances of the show that I think make it so great because you can watch this episode over and over again and I, it, it, there's something new to be seen every time. Uh, one of the reasons I didn't rush to get this episode out pre- prior to, to the Thanksgiving holiday was because I was still, I spent a lot of time processing this episode and, and how it made me feel. And, and uh, you know, I, I, it's, I enjoy the social justice commentaries and things like that. And, and, and looking at, at the, the ways that we've done things wrong in history, this did all that, but it used the medium that I um, that I have an insane love for, which is superheroes, and it was again just just jaw jaw dropping, so well done, and uh, we, we get all credit to the director again, Stephen Williams directed the hell out of this this episode, and and Damon Lindelof and Core Jefferson just wrote a a brilliant 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 hour of television. Now, we mentioned Will as Hooded Justice inspires other superheroes. Eventually, Will is tracked down by Nelson Gardner, uh, who tries to, to portray himself as something of a sidekick to Captain Metropolis, another massive vigilante wandering the streets of New York. And eventually, this leads to the formation of the Minutemen, and we get a, a recreation of a scene from the graphic novel, the, 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 the photo that, we, that is taken. It's important also as Hooded Justice becomes known, to see that Will has to hide his identity to be accepted as a superhero even. The man's running around the streets of New York punching people in the face to protect white and black people from crime and injustice, but he has to hide who he is, not just behind the mask, but also he has to paint his face around the eyes to, to give the appearance of being a white man because uh, a, a black-masked hero would be not would not be accepted by white America. You know, they would track him down, they would lynch him despite all the good that he's done in the world. Do done in in New York City. And that again that underscores the tragedy of the of of Will Reeves and this this character who just wants to do good but can't because his identity is um not what white America wants. After Will's meeting with Nelson Gardner, we find the two, as alluded to in, in the graphic novel, uh, that they have a, a romantic relationship with each other, you know, at a time when um, homosexuality, homosexuality was very much frowned upon in, in society. 
So they had to live this, uh, you know, it, it, it was closeted, a closeted romance. Only the Minutemen seemed to know that it, it was a thing between the two of them. And that just, again, adds more to, to Will as, as a, a person who has to hide another aspect of his identity. You know, he already is hiding his, his color behind the hooded justice mask. Now he has to hide his, his, his uh, homosexuality as well. Now, in case you didn't watch the episode or, or you're wondering, you know, about his relationship with, with his wife, he still loves June. That's not in question either. They, and they, they have a child together. And I think it's because of the child that Will starts to realize that uh, what he's doing may not be the right thing in the, in the long run. Um, Will tries very hard in his role as Hooded Justice to expose Cyclops, to expose this conspiracy uh, but Captain Metropolis is very much not interested in doing these things. The Minutemen, uh, from the little bit that we see of them, they seem to be uh, uh, PR men for for advertising and marketing campaigns. They don't seem to be true superheroes in the sense that we got from the graphic novel, that they're, actually, they're out doing amazing things to help protect the people. Now, again, that's looking at it a little critically, but because we don't see the exploits of any of the other members of the Minutemen. But we do see Captain Metropolis silence Hooded Justice, basically, when he attempts to expose this racist conspiracy of Cyclops to the public. Uh, and then at a, at, a, at a critical moment, despite all, the, all that Hooded Justice has done, all the, the things that the Minutemen has done, at the end of the episode, when he calls for backup, when he, where he finds the headquarters of, the, of Cyclops, he gets no help from from Nelson, no help from from his lover, and uh, he tells him. He basically tells Will that the Minutemen aren't interested in solving black on black crimes, and that's going back to what what Cyclops is up to. That's going back to the mesmerism. There's a riot in a black movie theater, um, you know, subliminally implanting that black people need to fight each other and kill each other, and they experiment in this movie theater, and Will finds out about it. Will tracks it all down, and he goes into the warehouse, not as Hooded Justice, but just as angry Will Reeves, and he just he kills everybody, and he burns that warehouse to the ground. A lot of his actions, um, again, Angela's seen these through his eyes, and it's a little unclear if what we're seeing as audience members is, is, is what the same thing that Angela is experiencing as well. But a lot of the scenes of horrible violence that Will is committing, you hear and, and see his mother playing the piano in the background. And you see how like that, that initial trauma affects all of his decisions and actions going forward. Um, and it happens throughout the episode. And again, a subtle reminder that, you know th- this legacy of of anger and 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 it's it's just it doesn't leave the system and it, he's passing it down the line after the will after the warehouse incident will takes the camera one of the cameras that the that the cyclops are using for the mesmerism he takes it back home with him and that's when he finds his his son uh, Angela's father, 
who, the man who will become Angela's father, the boy who will become Angela's father, sitting in front of the mirror wearing the Hooded Justice costume and attempting to put the white makeup around his own eyes the way he has seen his dad do in, earlier in the, in the episode. And I think that's, that's Will's breaking point right there when he sees that no matter what he's done, um, he's always going to have to hide who he is and he doesn't want his son to have to hide who he is and he doesn't want his son to follow in his footsteps. But Will starts to see the cycle and uh, this is a, 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 a reasonable point to in, interject here with, uh, with Dr. Manhattan's famous line from the end of the graphic novel, that nothing ever ends. I think Will starts to see that, that nothing ever ends, that anger never ends, hate never ends. And this is when Hooded Justice walks away. I can't underscore enough the dramatic tension that this episode has as as it just reveals one thing after another about this this man of mystery character who for all intents and purposes um i don't want to say he was a throwaway character but he was this this man of mystery character that alan moore never wanted to address his origins never wanted to he he liked i i think alan moore wanted hooded justice to continue to be a man of mystery he liked that he was this character the character that other characters whispered about and, and started rumors about you know we all know that alan moore uh generally doesn't care for any sort of adaptation of of his material uh he's very famously involved in in feuds with dc comics for for the watchman in particular because um let's i mean let's be honest dc's making millions off of the story and in Alan Moore is getting nothing from it. So I know he doesn't particularly care for that. And I know he had no interest in talking to Damon Lindelof when, when Lindelof tried to, to approach him and discuss the material with him. And that's Alan's right. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to try and uh, justify any of it. It's, it's, it's a complicated issue and it's, it involves years and years of anger much like much like Will Reeves, uh, Alan Moore is probably very very angry about all the money that DC has made off of him. However, I would like to believe that Alan Moore would like this story a lot. This is this is way better, way more important and significant than I think anything in the comics had ever even attempted to do before. Uh, there was a Watchmen, uh, an event called Before Watchmen several years ago, and they attempted to kind of work some stuff with Hooded Justice, and it never really landed. It didn't make much of an impact, and, and fans just kind of forgot about it. I don't think fans are going to forget about this episode. If, if, you're, if you're a fan of Watchmen, if you're watching the show, if you've been invested in the, in the mystery of this show, then I think you really are. Uh, hopefully, he is equally impressed by what happened in Episode 6 as I was. So let's let's kind of jump a little bit here. Um, now we go to old man Will. All right, Will Lewis Gossett Jr. in the wheelchair. He seems to over the over the years have perfected the mesmerism device. He now has it in a flashlight, and he uses it on Judd Crawford from the very first episode. Just like he confesses, he kills Judd Crawford using that mesmerism flashlight. He tells Judd to kill himself. But not before they have a little conversation in which what we learned from 
uh, Senator Keene in episode five when he's talking to Wade that he and Judd are Seventh Cavalry because they are attempting to control the the, the crazy of the Seventh Cav. Now, now we know after this episode and definitely after episode seven that Cyclops and the Seventh Cavalry are the same thing, and they have the same goal and the same objectives. And we'll get more into into what they're up to on the next show. But Judd and and Will have a little bit of a conversation where where Will does ask him about the the, the KKK costume in in Judd's closet, which is funny because I thought there was a certain point where where uh, Will denies knowing that he had that in the closet to Angela after she's found it. But I'll have to revisit that later. Crawford attempts to defend having it as because it's part of his legacy, which, if, you know, again, if you're on the side of, of right, that, that's not the kind of legacy that needs to be protected and, and should be, uh, that's the kind of legacy that needs to, needs to be stopped. And I guess that's the point here, because uh, no matter what Judd says, Will's not buying it. Again, that anger, that hate, it's still there. And, yeah. He, he gets Judd to kill himself, and that starts the events of the show. And now we're rocketing towards the conclusion of this season of, of Watchmen. I don't think it's been announced yet if, it, if this will be a standalone season, but it definitely seems to be headed that direction. And uh, I'm definitely okay with that. Because uh, so far we've gotten, well, seven, te- technically, but as of this recording, six stellar episodes of TV. And it would definitely be hard to replicate the 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 quality of these episodes and the storytelling that's going on in them. I know we haven't talked a lot about, about Danielle Deadweiler playing, playing June in this episode. Um, she is fantastic in this episode. She is an incredible support for Will. She wants to help Will through his anger, through his trauma as best as she can. But she, as she learns by the end that his anger and his, his hatred of, of his, his trauma is too much. And that's why she takes their son and leaves and goes back to Tulsa without Will. And um, again, I know I'm underscoring her importance to this story, but uh, when you, if you've seen the episode, you know already. And if you watch the episode again, you, you will see it as, as well. I mean, she is this kind of like rock for the character, but he gets to the point where he can't, he can't uh, talk to her anymore. He doesn't know how to how to talk to her or anybody really because it's just he's just in a constant rage. It's just all inside of him. Uh, just again, powerful performances. So now I want to talk about this episode in the context of the overall events of the graphic novel of the of what's being shown in the TV show, the movie, which, whichever your source material is. Let's talk about. Cyclops. Let's talk about Ozymandias. Again, we this is the only episode in the series where we have not had an Ozymandias scene. Looking at the events of Hooded Justice's life exposes Ozymandias as a complete and total failure. He did not save humanity. Sure, he averted nuclear destruction. He, he saved us from the doomsday clock. But he completely missed the ball on what was really going on. The vast and insidious conspiracy that predates the events of the Watchmen comic book, that predates um, the murder of the comedian, 
that predates even the forming of the Minutemen is Cyclops. Cyclops just continues as they have beneath the surface for so very, very long. And now we're in 2019. Ozymandias has been removed from the board, taken off the board. Does he know he's a failure? Does he s- suspect what's coming? Has his, or has his ego, his ego, his hubris blinded him to what the real conflict was? It's an interesting question to think about because Cyclops is about to do something very, very bad. And uh, it's interesting. We don't quite, we still don't know who put Ozymandias where he is. We know he's in a pocket dimension, some kind of pocket universe in a, in a, in a, on one of the moons of Jupiter. That seems like a Dr. Manhattan sort of thing. But is it? Are, you know, am I looking at the wrong thing again? Because Manhattan's off the board as well. And we'll talk a little bit about that next week uh, because we get some big Dr. Manhattan news in Episode 7. But it's interesting to look at the events uh, as things are unfolding here, and you realize that Ozymandias, the smartest man in the world, Adrian Veidt, didn't see it coming. And just, like, just as Manhattan warned him at the end of the graphic novel, nothing ever ends. It never did. Again, he saved us from the, from the, from the doomsday clock. But now the, now the millennium clock looms overhead. We are five minutes from midnight with the millennium clock. So it's going to be, oh baby, it's going to be. What's it going to be? We don't know yet. We have some ideas. And we're going to talk more about those uh, when we break down episode seven. Again, which, fingers crossed, will be later this week. But yeah, I, just, I definitely thought that was an interesting thing to note. Um, you know, whether, whether Ozzy gets out of his dimension and makes it back to Earth at some point to realize that all, have, uh, all the things that he's done are for naught, as it seems to be 7th Cavalry slash Cyclops is about to unleash something insidious. And again, we'll talk more about that soon. So I think I'm going to wrap it up with, with that. Um, again, a, a, a very different breakdown for us on, on this episode than what we've, we've done before. Uh, I'm still trying to decide if I want to do something similar um, for episode seven or if I want to go back to kind of like the beat by beats. I, I'm not sure yet. <laughs> I'll have to think about it some more. But otherwise, again, um, if you're not watching the show, you're missing out. If I'm spoiling things for you, uh, or, you know, I don't mean to be a spoiler that way in that way, but I'm hoping if you're not watching the show, maybe what I'm telling you, what I'm sharing with you guys, get you fired up, get you wanting to check, check this show out because, uh, it's a, it's a rad fucking show. I know it hasn't uh, permeated the, the consciousness of, of, of America in the way that like Game of Thrones did, but this, this is stellar fucking television and, uh, anybody who's watching it, I think is being inc- incredibly rewarded for it. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I'm really taking away from the show, one of the things that I'm really enjoying about the show is uh, that it's forcing uh, white people to look at our ugly, ugly history and really examine it. And um, that's a good thing, you know, as a, as a, as a white man in America, uh, I, I think we need to be forced to look at the ugliness of our history and the legacy that 
that white America has in, in all of its ugly flaws uh, because it's only, the only way we're all going to get better. And, um, you know, not to get too uh, hokey or sappy here, but uh, the, you know, the only way humanity is going to get their act together is if we all do it together. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 like, again, as a white person, these, some of these episodes force me to look at uncomfortable things, and I'm, I'm glad that it does. And on that somber note, I think we're going to wrap it up from there. Uh, thank you once again for listening to these these episodes. Uh, I've been having a blast breaking down uh, both The Mandalorian and The Watchmen. Uh, these episodes have allowed me to keep the show going at a time when I'm extremely busy with, uh, with my responsibilities at San Diego State and my responsibilities uh, at home. So thank you, thank you, thank you for, for supporting and still listening. The, 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 the standard TomCast podcast will be back. Roger will be back. Uh, I'm hoping to have Jeff on uh, very soon as well. I have some other guests that I hope to get on during during my winter break uh, when I have a little when I have some more flexibility in my schedule. So we'll get back to the normal episodes uh, very very soon. You know, Watchmen after this week, you know, two episodes left, and that's going to open us up quite a bit. <laughs> so uh, thank you again. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, follow us on social media at Tomcast underscore Popcast on Twitter at the Tomcast underscore Popcast on Instagram. Email me, TomCastPopCast at gmail.com. And head over to Patreon.com forward slash TomCastPopCast if you want to join Pophead Nation. You can get a cool bonus episode coming soon this month. We're going to be doing The Force Awakens. Yeah, that's right. We're getting all pumped up for the new Star Wars movie. So The Force Awakens seems to make a lot of sense. We're going to talk about that. Start talking about uh, J.J. Abrams' legacy on the Star Wars universe. And uh, with that, let's wrap it up, okay, folks? Um, oh, yeah. Oh, hold on. Let me thank my current Patreons. The Aspen Hill Chody and the Squid Master General, Brian Broussard. Uh, Brian, I look forward to hearing uh, more from you after, uh, after I break down episodes six and seven. So uh, we will all be talking soon. Thanks so much for listening. Ciao, babes. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year! Yeah.